couple shots before we get started with the podcast. Okay. You are listening to Black and Behind the Scenes. All right, guys. Hi, welcome back. I'm your host, Antoinette. And I'm Brittany. And this is another episode of Black and Behind the Scenes. Brittany, what's up, girl? How you been? You know what? I just want to hibernate. Uh, I've been working like a Hebrew slave. And <laughs> I'm tired. Oh, girl. I'm, I'm tired. Yeah. I've worked close to 60 hours this week. Oh, my God. I don't know how you... One job. That's not two jobs. That's one job. I don't know how you're still here. Like, that's crazy. Like... By the skin of my teeth. I'm telling you, Hebrew slave status over here. <laughs> Jeez. You poor thing. And I thought my extra what I worked late what Monday night and Tuesday I think a couple four or five hours and I thought that was a lot. Girl, I just want no room to complain about nothing. I just want to sleep. I've been working six days a week. Oh, you poor thing. Oh, but goodness. you know, it's it's cool. It's cool. How how you been doing? Um, pretty good. Pretty good. Not too bad. Um, just uh starting to write up my goals for the next year. Yes. You know, just. Um, figuring out what my next year is going to look like personally, yep. professionally, mm-hmm. um, all that stuff, trying to get my ducks in a row there. Yeah. That's pretty much it. Um, yep. it's so, time yeah. to do that type of uh-huh. reflecting. Yeah. It's time to reflect and yeah, reflect on everything I've done this year, what I've accomplished, you know, sit down, big myself up or push myself further. I tend to do that. Um, at the end of the year, I always sit down and write down all everything that I've accomplished and what I'm trying to do next year and then put it in my journal and put it away. That's a good idea. You know what? I, I never write down what I accomplish. It's always what I want to do. Mm. Um, and then I think about the things. Because I have a list at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. All the goals, right? Yeah. And then I look at it. And then I'm like, dang, look what I didn't accomplish. I never write mm. down what I did accomplish. So that's yeah, a good thing. Try that. And also try, like, write down what you did that year. Like, sometimes when I go to a concert, I'm like, oh, yeah, I did attend that concert this year. Yeah, I did do this. I did do that. Like, just write that down so you know that, wow, you did a lot within that year. And yeah. kind of make yourself really feel good about what you, yeah, just the little things that you've done. Well, you one know? thing we did was definitely this podcast. I know. I'm so proud of it. Like, so, for real. Like, yeah, this podcast. Our little baby. Yeah, it really is. Like, and we're taking it to the next level. Yeah. So I'm really happy. Yeah, I'm I'm really happy that we've accomplished this. So yeah. And then girl, our year's coming up soon. Yeah. Can you believe it? Oh my god. Wow. A whole freaking year. But yeah, well we'll talk more about that. Um in our next the next probably the last podcast we have for this season for right now. But yeah, girl. I'm super excited about that. So yeah. So what we got going on this? Okay, girl. What don't we have going on? It's a lot. It's a lot happening. A um, lot. If you guys follow us on Instagram, which I highly encourage you do, we have a lot of breaking news that happens in the industry. A lot of our um, brothers and sisters have been doing amazing things. They're making great strides, but I'm only going to talk about a few of them in this episode, and then we'll, yeah, I'll just try to keep up with as much as going on. Yeah. Um, That's why you got to follow Insta- the Instagram account, because mm-hmm. we post the news as it breaks as it breaks yeah breaking news on what's going on and then we'll break it down in the show for you guys um the top stuff that we feel is super important Mm -hmm. so okay so the first story that i have for industry rundown um is channing dungy's um exit from abc um if you guys don't know who she is i personally never knew who she was myself but when i was actually working at discovery years ago I remember I had a picture of, I cut out a picture of her because she was the head of, I think the development studio within, um, ABC or she had Mm -hmm. a high position and I just, and she was like the first African American woman to do that. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was cool. And I had her picture up, her and Oprah, Mm -hmm. I had both their pictures up in my cubicle. So that's why this story was important to me because she's leaving ABC Mm -hmm. and she was the first African American executive to lead a broadcast network and she's stepping down from her role. She was a 14-year veteran before being hired as the president um, in February 17 to 2016, which marks her in her position for only two years. And the reason, you guys, I'm going to bring up the reason why I said she was only in this position for two years, because that's really important. Um, But while she was in this position, she was able to, um, she remade, she she was brought in to remake ABC's, 
I guess their brand. So they wanted the destination to be for the middle American TV watcher. So shows like Scandal, How to Get Away from Murder, Fresh Off the Boat, Blackish, The Revamp of Roseanne which was canceled, <laughs> and it's revamped into the Connors now, as well as Grey's Anatomy. So she was um, brought in to help bring those um, those networks to just to bring up those shows and kind of get them pushed a little bit further and things like that. Um, and let's see. And, yeah, so they wanted to try to get the middle, middle American um, TV watcher more involved in network television, but most of that is being interrupted by the Netflix, HBO Go, mm, and mm-hmm. yeah, the basically online watches. So their viewership is dropping basically. Um, they said that she was offered a new contract to stay, but she decided to go instead. And I read that no one knew about this news until it broke that day that she was um, stepping down from her position, which I find a little interesting because. Normally, when something big like that's happening within a network or, or a station, people know there's the gossip in the corporation or what's going on. So I think people probably knew, but they kept it under wraps. Um, and I, so why is she leaving though? She there really is no explanation. They're just letting her go, and they're well, they're well, letting okay. her go, or she's resigning. Well, or she no, being forced her contract to is up, and they're not re- renewing it. Well, you know, what? I don't. You know, it's very so. <laughs> We don't know. <laughs> but we do know that Disney was bought out by ABC. Well, that's already happened a while ago. Yeah, but so when they had those mergers and things like that happen, they bring their own people on. So they had somebody else replacing her already in that her position. Hmm. So I think it's just more so the fact that, you know, when networks, you know, like again, merge and they bring on new people, they want their people in those positions. So she was like, oh. And most of the time, whenever this stuff like this happens, people are in their positions for about eight years, ten years. Like, it's never a two-year tenure that you're in a full-time position like that, especially a president of a network. So I found it quite interesting that that happened the way it did. And personally, I think, and they and they also blamed, they kind of sort of blamed uh, Shonda Rhimes and, um... Yeah, girl. They they try to put that on her. And can Kenya Burris leaving because of the low, I guess, because they moved over to Netflix and that they're not going to be with the network anymore. So they're trying to pin that on her now. But see, no, I don't, that was more of them having more creative control of their mm-hmm. content, yeah. not anything to do with the ratings because Blackish mm-hmm. was getting ratings. Yeah. Scandal was getting numbers. Now, mm-hmm. maybe not the last few seasons. <laughs> but, I mean, I don't understand that. Yeah, I don't get it. it. It sounds a little fishy to me also, and I was interested in seeing where she's going to go after this and if she had plans to go somewhere else. But, um, yeah, girl, they... And I found it quite interesting that they try to pin that on her, but it seemed like it was really a setup in a sense um, because regardless of whether she was in that position or not, she was going to, um, this digital episode or whatever you want to call this digital movement that's happening was going on regardless of who was in that position. Right. It's like anybody would have, um, yeah. had to fall on that sword. So, yeah, pretty much. So it's like whoever was in that position has to take the bullet or whatever, the blame for it. So. Well, they already have their new, um, replacement for mm-hmm. her. Yep. Um, okay. Well. Yeah. So, uh, we'll be keeping an eye on what she's going to do next and, um, where she's going to go. Well, we hope good things. Absolutely. I hope maybe maybe Kenya Bears can, um, you know, sign up. You know, I think she. Pro- I wouldn't be surprised if she heads over to Netflix and she starts working with them. I really wouldn't. Okay. Um. All right. So the next um topic coming up is Byron Allen. So Byron Allen is a founder and chairman and CEO of Entertainment Studios. Um, Entertainment Studios is a twenty-four hour cable network that produces, distributes and sales advertising for 41 broadcast and cable programs, making them the first African-American-owned studio producing and distributing worldwide motion picture and one of the largest independent producers and distributors of television programs. So, most notably, he paid recently in April $300 million for the Weather Channel. So, yes, ladies and gentlemen, the Weather Channel is now owned by a black man. <laughs> the Weather Channel. The Weather Channel. Okay. He does other things too, but that's the most notably thing that people know about. 
Um, so he is currently suing Comcast and Ooh. Charter Communication yeah. for racial discrimination for Ooh. not care for not carrying any of any studio, entertainment studio suites um, on their cable channels. So yeah, what? Yeah. So because they won't pick up any of his uh, shows, he's suing them for racial shows. Dis- yeah, mm-hmm. or networks. Well. His cable channels. So his cable channels that he has within his studio. What are his cable channels? He has tons of them. <laughs> I didn't list them all out, but he has tons of... So like the Weather Channel is one of them. And then he has like um, a food channel. And he has like all these other different kinds of networks or things like that. Channels that he has. He's producing within his studio. But they... I guess he pitched his ideas to them and they passed on them. Hmm. So now he's suing them. And he's suing them because he's saying that... He, he's alleging that the treatment of his studio is different from the white-owned companies that are within their system now. So it's like they're giving white-owned companies more of an opportunity to be on um, Comcast or Charter Communications than there are African-American channels. Well, I agree with that because um, what happened to the Bounce Network and all those other... The Diddy <laughs> Network and all that. I mean... I agree. I, I mean, well, yeah, we'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah, we'll talk about we'll, that's coming up soon. But yeah, um, so in this suit, he's saying that the lack of true economic inclusion for African Americans will end with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and these rulings will show that he's unwavering in his commitment to achieve his long overdue goal. This is what Alan said from his own mouth. Mm-hmm. And so he's already sued in the past AT and T for racial discrimination and won. Okay, that's well, he ain't playing then. He's not playing. And he bought the Weather Channel for $300 million. So this brother is taking his money and he's playing the game the way they play it. He's taking, you know, getting these lawsuits, you know, on, based on true things that are happening, winning them, and then taking that money and investing it into owning other properties within the entertainment industry, like these other big owned companies that you see them doing the same thing. So it's all about ownership and distribution and who owns whatever content that you have. That's the game is I ownership. Mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, sure. That's well, what it is. Good luck to him. Yeah. He means business. He's not playing with you guys. Uh, y'all <laughs> at all. Be scared Comcast and Charter. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, we'll keep you guys posted on the um endings of that um story. So speaking of Comcast and their lack of diversity. <laughs> oh, so, oh gosh. So Comcast um, has recently has announced that they will be releasing two new networks in 2019. One um, is TV One's Clio TV. What? what? You didn't, girl. Okay, which <laughs> will be targeted to young women of color, and oh. the other is Afro, which is a polycultural black network featuring movies acquired an original TV series from other programming representing black cultures in the U.S. and beyond. Commentary. Mm. Yeah, I feel the same way. Okay. Okay, so wait. Cleo <laughs> TV yeah. is TV One's response to BT Her. I guess. Okay. Years I later. So. All right. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. And then Afro. Yeah. What kind of content is going to be on Afro? T- okay, let me say this. Okay, because I do feel like some of those type of networks and mm-hmm. channels do get um, overlooked. Some of the content on there is not bad. Like, it's no worse than what you would see on a counterpart, like a Lifetime movie or something like that. True. Because um, Bounce Network mm-hmm. has that series saints and sinners which is very popular it's like mm-hmm. on this like third or fourth season did that start from maybe, the internet saints and sinners no? maybe i want to say third season with david banner it's a lot of black people in that okay i mean i mean not black people it's a black show so of course it's a lot of black people, <laughs> but notable black characters so i say all that to say that maybe the afro <laughs> is it afro tv um, Afro Network. Uh, maybe the Afro Network will really give us some gems. Yeah. I, don't, I don't like that name. Yeah, okay. So. But <laughs> I'm here for it. I mean, if, if my cable um, provider will, you say Comcast? Com- yeah, Comcast. Okay, well, I have Cox. I don't know if I'm going to get it. 
because they took away the balance. And they well, well let me tell you exactly what they're... Okay, so let me tell you where this came from, right? So this announcement is a part of an agreement deal with, that Comcast made with the Justice Department when they acquired ABC Universal in 2011. And under this agreement, they said that they will launch 10 new independent, independently owned channels across the cable systems by 2019, with eight of those channels being owned and operated by primarily... Um, people uh, primarily by people of color, and some of those those networks include um, Sean Combs Revolt, Robert Rodriguez's um, L Ray Network, Cleo TV, and Afro TV, and there's like a few others that are behind. Did y'all even know all these different networks existed? No, you don't, <laughs> because you know why they're not on your cable system. I like I don't even have Revolt. I barely have TV One. <laughs> Seriously. So, so yeah. Um, and let me tell you about Cleo TV more about that. So they will be offering mixed entertainment and lifestyle programming with the emphasis on food, travel, finance, and business and pop culture, as well as partner, partnering with short series currently on YouTube, such as Tough Love and Giants. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that perks my little ears up. <laughs> yeah, I knew you were going to like that. Yep. So they have a partnership with Issa Rae and some of the other online content okay, creators well, to um, have short form content on this cable network. All right. Well, I'm here for it then. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and then the Afro network is dedicated to recognizing the African American community is not just um, one particular group. They are Afro Caribbeans, Africans, Afro Hispanics who are young, educated, greatly un- underserved, and underrepresented. Um, yeah, so that's what that network is going to be about. Well, it'll be interesting to see how they cater to all those, even though we're not all one right culture. I mean, Afro-Caribbeans and Afro-Latinos and African-Americans are all different in mm-hmm. what they like as far as content. Yep, so it'll and, be interesting. And, and then they also have similarities. So it'll be interesting to see... How much different content they have on there? <laughs> Since y'all y'all planning like that? Yeah. So my biggest concern with this is I don't understand why this is a cable channel or network versus being a streaming service. Well, I mean, we could go there without all the networks. Yeah. I mean, because the same thing could be said about Revolt because literally nothing is on Revolt. Yeah. I mean, Revolt would have been a lot better if it was a streaming network or like a yeah. app or something. Like you could totally no shit. I mean, it. I want. I like the fact that Diddy has his own network, but they literally have no content. No. None. None worth watching. And the Breakfast Club is going down itself. That's like the only thing that was big on there. What state of the culture now? I mean the only thing, yeah. Those two those are the only can shows be streamed. that, so, that I, mean, I know of. The same thing could be said about anything. I'm pretty sure we can stream Cleo TV. Yeah. Or like we've been streaming Giants. Ex- we've no. already seen Giants. <laughs> you know, so, 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 so But it will bring up a whole nother it will it will introduce hmm, a whole nother audience. A whole nother audience. But this is the thing. The audience that I feel like would appreciate a giant and a tough are already online. Online. And they're reaching the wrong demographic. I'm sorry. It's just, it is what it is. And the thing is, like, when I read the article, they were talking about how, like, no, cable's not dead. And my thing is, no, cable's not dead yet. Like, let's let's be real with these people. Like, we're going into a digital force coming, you know, ahead, technology-driven. Like, it may not be dead right now, but it is coming. So, But you know what? This is go the reason why people say that, and this is ever since back in the um early nineties mm-hmm. when they opened up the regulation for all these big mergers of the companies and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, people have been pushing for a la carte cable services, yeah. and you would that makes so much sense. Yeah, but you would think cable services will do it, but they won't because they get more money. Yeah, money. It's about money. But <laughs> lumping in all these different networks. Yep, but you, you got about it. 10 ESPN shows mm-hmm. or networks, and you only watch them one, you know? Right. But you can't get revoked. Right. <laughs> and that's where, like, it's kind of like they're coming to a force in the head where it's like you guys have got to serve all the card services or things that people want to watch because it's just what it is. People are not taking everything that you're just giving them anymore. Yeah, I mean, we have the internet. Yeah, exactly, so. We don't have to. I spend a lot of time on the internet anyway, watching stuff that way, so. And as most people our age 
do. Exactly. And that's the thing with the whole Clio TV and the Afro network. It's kind of like your audience is online. Like, you want a certain demographic. We're online. Like, get with the program, people. But, hey, whatever. Your data and your statistics tell you one thing. And the people that I hang out with and talk to every day tell me something else. So, good luck. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> I'll be looking out for Clio TV. Right. <laughs> um. So, did you see... Um. The big thing that circulated on the big, it was the, called the big television debate. It was with um, Ellen Pompito from, uh, what is, where was she from? Grey's Anatomy. Grey's Anatomy. Um, Emma Roberts, um, Gina Rodriguez, and Gabrielle Union. Did you watch that clip? Did you have time to see it? No. Okay. Um, well, they were discussing like discrimination and the reality of black and brown people face um, in Hollywood. Um, and so basically Ellen, during this interview, she actually, the, the conversation itself was amazing. So I highly encourage you guys to go online and to look for this interview and check it out. But she stopped the interview in a sense and said that she didn't like the fact that there were no black and brown people in the room behind the scenes, like filming and doing anything. Like there were no, there was no diversity there. And she said that's a problem. And she was saying how this is an issue that white women have to take on. Because, or white people in general have to take on. Because it's their responsibility to make sure that inclusion is happening everywhere. And diversity is in every room that they walk in. And so, Gabrielle Union throughout this whole interview, her face was just goals. Like, she was just could not believe the things that she was saying because she was shocked. Kind of like the face that you're giving right now. She was really shocked that she had said this because during the interview, they, they were also talking about how black and brown people don't feel comfortable having these kind of conversations in mixed company because they don't want to come off as, we all know this, yeah. as ungrateful as, you know, oh, well, I'm shaking the table or I'm doing something that, you know, people don't think I'm appreciative and this, that, or you're and third, angry. Or you're angry and there's something wrong. And so I just found that to be a great conversation starter that needs to happen within Hollywood and not just in Hollywood, but in every um, industry within America, period. Because we all feel the same way in every, every industry that we work in. It's not just Hollywood. Well, you know what? I'm really not surprised that she says that because, you know, her husband is black. Her children are mixed. I didn't know that. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. So she champions for, I mean, black people. I mean, I remember seeing an interview where she was saying how um, she still doesn't understand why some people are shocked at her children, like their parents. And, oh. You know what I'm saying? So she has, she, she knows what's up. Okay. I had no, okay. So now I know what's up and she knows what's up. So... No, I just think it's really cool because we, as we both know, we've worked in this industry. We work in the industry. You know, a lot of times whenever I'm coming to a situation, I'm normally the only black person there, black woman, period. So it's like we have to carry this whole representation of don't don't mess it up for the next one. You know, you have to right. bring your best and stay on your P's and Q's and you can't mess up anything. And so they were just starting that conversation. So I thought it was really dope and really cool. And I'll post a clip of it on our page so you guys can check it out too on the Instagram. Um, and you know what? It's so funny that she says that because I remember specifically. So for one of my jobs, um, my job was to source um, personnel and equipment for corporate clients. Mm -hmm. And so I had a client call me and they wanted... Um, an African-American crew. Now, I had a database mm. of hundreds of DPs. Mm. Only one African-American. Wow. That's, only, not, that's not surprising. Only a few women. And not surprising. Just only because I've been, you know, we're in the industry, so I, I get it. So I've been there. I've seen that. One, there, I didn't have no one to call. And two... There are people there, but that don't have the, because my agency had all these rigorous standards and stuff mm, like that. Yeah, you have to have the, um, so, the support or the Yeah, the, so if you don't have the, the support, mm -hmm. 
Or you don't know that a company like how where I worked is available for you. Right. You're missing out on work. Mm-hmm. And I missed out on that work because I could not offer them an African American crew. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wow. yeah, you can go you can go anywhere behind the scenes and barely see. Yeah. That happens all the time. Yeah. Except I mean, I, I would say the most you're probably gonna see is in LA and New York. But if you call and say, I need a crew out in um Texas or mm-hmm. in um Florida or in um wherever else in America and I need them to be black, good luck. Yeah. Yeah. And then that's the thing, guys, that we we also try to bring awareness to is the fact that we only not need to be in front of the screen. We need to be behind the scenes. We have to be behind the scenes because that's where the jobs are. That's where the opportunities are. That's where the power is at. I mean, being in front of the camera, being an actress, that's great. That's wonderful. But all the decisions are made behind the scenes. I mean, and, and Gabrielle Union made up a great point. She was like, you know, even the, the gaffer, the person who holds the lights or the, the boom, like that's someone's cousin. But at the end of the day, it's, it's someone who they know. So right. mo- most of the time it's going to be um, someone who is white or maybe a male. So right. it never, those opportunities are not given out. So that's just to raise awareness of what's going on in the industry. And I hope these conversations keep happening. Um, yeah. So that's it. All right. Well, is that all for the industry rundown? That is it for the industry rundown. I'm done. I'm out of breath. (laughs) Girl, well, you didn't give us the scoop. I did. All right. Well, cool. All right, you guys. It's time for the spotlight. All right, spotlight. Who do you have on deck this week? Yeah, so today we are highlighting Peter Ramsey. Peter Ramsey is a film director, illustrator, and storyboard artist. He is the first African-American to direct a big-budget animation feature, which was um, Guardian, The Rise of the Guardians, which is an animation that came out in um, 2012. That was his debut film. he previously worked as a storyboard artist for The Predator 2, Independence Day, wow. Fight Club. Um, he was the second unit director for Poetic Justice, Higher Learning. He was an illustrator for Shrek. Oh, cool. <laughs> yes. And so most recently, um, his film, his animated film, he's co-directing with um, another guy. Um, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Oh, yeah, that's is, coming out. Um, quote, unquote, the black Spider-Man, the story about... Um, Who's Miles, in Brooklyn? Miles Morales, <laughs> right. Cool, so, yeah. Peter Ramsey, a brother, is co-directing this animation that's going to be out in theaters in a couple of weeks, I want to awesome. say. Awesome. Um, so, yeah, so that's who we're highlighting today. Peter Ramsey, illustrators and director. And I love when I see... Black storyboard artists, black Absolutely. illustrators, mm-hmm. black people who are into like that different type of um of the industry mm-hmm. because that's a whole they have even less of a representation than other aspects of the industry. So absolutely, very excited to um see P- the trajectory of Peter's career, and I hope that Spider Man universe Spider Verse does well. Yeah, um, you know P- what's his name. Miles Morales is a relatively new character within the within the universe, the comic universe, um, but still popular. And, yeah, um, we're, I'm excited to see it. Anyway, yeah, Mahershala is going to be in it also. Yeah, yeah, very cool. Yeah. So Peter Ramsey, our spotlight for the week. All right, guys, that's awesome. Um, that is super cool. Yeah, I did. I forgot where I saw like the um promotion or. I think we were, I've been going to movies so often that I saw the picture of, <laughs> of the Spider-Man. And I'm like, oh, it's an animated version. But I know there's another Spider-Man coming out next year. But So there's two different ones. I guess this is the animated one. And there's like the, they're redoing the whole Spider-Man franchise again. But What? Yeah, girl. You know that? They're starting all over again. No, they're not. Yes, they are. They're starting all over again with Zendaya as the um, lead woman and then somebody I don't know who the guy's playing Peter Parker but yeah girl, oh, girl you were so late I thought you were talking about something else no okay so so you didn't see Spider-Man Homecoming no okay so disregard everything uh 
Antoinette just said about the new Spider-Man because there's no new Spider-Man. It's just a continuation of the Spider-Man that's come out if you watch any other Marvel universe. So disregard what she said. Okay. okay. All right. On to the next. <laughs> On to the next. I'm Confusing done. the people. I'm done. Because I don't. I really don't. I don't know. All right. So let's go into um spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Oh, this is going to be good, guys. Okay, this so a really couple good. of things. Um, unfortunately, you guys, I didn't get a chance to see Green Book. Did you over the Thanksgiving holiday? I, I actually bought my ticket to go see it. So what happened was I was going to go see it um, Sunday, but I was also wanting to go see Widows. But Widows was sold out Friday, Saturday, so I couldn't go. Yeah, girl, so I had to wait till Sunday morning to go see Widows. And that's when I was going to go see Green Book. So I didn't get a chance to see Green Book because I was smoothied out by then. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I feel you. Okay. So, well, no one got to saw, uh, see Green Book, but mm-hmm. I did want to talk about some quote unquote more controversy to add to what um, we spoke about last week, which was mm-hmm. uh, Vigo saying um, the N word, right? Right. So, um, Don Shirley, Dr. Don Shirley, who Mahershala's character is um, is in yes. the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, his family came out in opposition of the film. Um, mm. Dr. Shirley's younger brother said um, he refuses to see the film because, in his words, it's full of lies. Um, he said, unlike the film, Dr. Shirley was not estranged from his family or the black community. And he definitely had eaten fried chicken before. Oh. So, I guess there, there is a scene which you see yeah. in the previews where, yeah. like, um, Tony Lip, which is the driver, uh-huh. right, um, is kind of introducing him to fried chicken. Right. Which, when I saw that preview, I was like, man, come on. Yeah. Come on. What black person had had no fried chicken? Yeah. Okay, but anyway, so... The thing about that that's interesting is um, Dr. Shirley's niece also spoke up and said um, that, and I quote, there was no due diligence done to afford my family and my deceased uncle the respect of properly representing him, his legacy, his worth, and Mm. the excellence in which he operated and the excellence in which he lived. It's once again a depiction of a white man's version of a black man's life. My uncle was an incredibly proud man and an incredibly accomplished man, as are the majority of the people in my family. Mm -hmm. And to depict him as less than and to depict him and take away from him and make the story about a hero of a white man for this incredibly accomplished black man (laughs) is insulting at best. Did I not say that I thought this film was probably based off the white uh, savior kind of narrative? Well, I mean, okay, so the movie was, and I, I, I should have mentioned this last week, the movie was written by Tony Lip's son. What? Yes, so... I'm confused. Yeah, so Tony Lip's son, which is the character in the movie, oh. his son wrote this movie and I could be wrong. I feel like it was a book before. But anyway, he wrote this based on that relationship. So all of his understanding of the relationship has come from his father. Got it. You know what I'm saying? But that, and see, that's, that was my point the last time we talked about this, is that I felt that it was coming from the perspective of the driver, only because it just focused too much on him. Even in the previews, I just felt the driver's story was a little bit too much in the forefront, whereas this black pianist who was playing at these sold-out shows and traveling down south, that's more of a story than him having a white driver. I could care less that you had a white driver. Like, okay, so what? I want to know about this black man that I've never heard about in my history books. That's who I want to know about. Like, right. I want more of his story. Right. So that's, that's pretty much my perspective. That's why I thought it was a white savior movie. That's why I kind of wanted to go see it to, to debunk what my thoughts were. Um, but if his family's upset about it now, I have 
validity and behind what I said. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, Dr. Don Shirley's family is not happy with the depiction of the film. Like they said, they're full of lies. Again, this movie is written, directed, and produced by white people. So, mm, yeah. So, what I hope would come from this now is now the family would try to do a documentary about his life. Hmm. that'll be dope for somebody to kind of reach out and maybe work with them to do that. Because I, I want to see that. I want to know about his life. Because when I heard about it and I started researching him, I was like, oh, this is a cool... Like, this guy is amazing. Like, how come I've never heard of him? I know why I haven't heard of him, but um, I want to know more about his story and his life. So well, I would love that. You know, the, um, the gag is, honey, it's still up for Oscar or there is talk for more um, awards for this film so we'll see how it does during award season yeah and I, I didn't check the numbers either I wonder how well it did in the theaters also because um, mm-hmm. when I was there people did were in line to go see the um, Green Book and I, I hate the name Green Book because there was actually I really okay so you know what I, I just don't like the name Green Book um <laughs> Because there was an, an actual The Green Book. Well, that's what it's, it's about. It's about The Green Book. But why? I mean, that's why this... they got the. That's why the name. I don't know why they named it The Green Book, but. Yeah. It doesn't know. make sense. It, just, it doesn't <laughs> make sense. It, it pissed me off. Okay, I'm going to leave it alone. But that, it doesn't. It just doesn't make sense because it, it just doesn't. Okay, I'm done. What's next? <laughs> about Green Book's numbers in the box office. Oh, okay, good, good, It looks good, good. like um, so far it's done I think opening weekend it did uh, I'm not sure but it looks like total gross is 7.8 mil. And what was the film um, Which is budget? not good because the budget was 23. Oh, shit. I mean, 7.8 Y'all, that may sound like a lot, but, but if it's you not. don't make your your money back from in the first couple of weeks of the movie coming out, then that's kind of like a if a bus, right? If it's below Robin Hood, then we know something's wrong. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> by all intents purposes, Robin Hood is a flop. Robin Hood is some bullshit. Jamie Foxx is in Robin Hood. Like what the? We're not going to talk about Robin Hood. We're not. Okay, I'm not going to do it. We're here. (laughs) Leave it alone. Let's talk about our next. (laughs) Playing Bigfoot, Little Foot. What was his name? I love that. Sidekick. Get the fuck out of here. Okay, so what movie I did see um, over the Thanksgiving holiday, and y'all know, of course, I was going to go see it. Here she goes. Because my boo Bay is in it. Mm -hmm. Y'all, let me tell y'all. I I had to sit up. She has to sit up for this. Y'all, Michael B. Jordan. It's so fun. I swear. I, I just everything about him, like that smile. I just oh oh. I lust after him. Okay. <laughs> so y'all know I saw Creed two. Mhm. So Creed two to be expected. <laughs> Girl, you know I was there. I right? with my popcorn. Mhm. Waiting for all the shirtless scenes. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so. I saw Creed 2, which is the sequel of Creed. Mm-hmm. Um, I love this movie because this, even though the storyline, the franchise, the characters, well, not necessarily these new characters of Adonis, but this is continuation of the Rocky dynasty, right? Sure. Which is um, written by Rocky Balboa. So this continues, and these new crop of characters, Adonis, his mother, Bianca, was created um, by Chio Hardery Coker, um, which is a black man. We know that Ryan Coogler um, directed the first Creed, mm-hmm. which was his first um, directorial debut out of the indie realm. Got it, because right? I was getting ready to say. Yeah, out of the indie Bell. realm. But yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, no, out of yeah. indie, right? Mm-hmm. His studio right he did not direct this one he was the executive producer but because he could not direct this because he was too busy taking us to wakanda (laughs) yeah he brought in his brother yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's what i love about it's like yeah 
that's what this industry is about. It's like that's how the industry works. I'ma be on. Let me put you on. That's and how that's it works. what he did. So he put on the director for this film. Yep. Steven Capel Capel. I'm sorry, not Capel. Capel Jr. Steven Capel Jr. Mm-hmm. He's 30 years old, very yep. young, just mm-hmm. like um Ryan. Yep. Um and just like Ryan, this is Steven's first studio directorial debut nice. out of his indie. And let me tell y'all, way to go. Creed 2 did 56 million opening weekend, wow. which is the biggest debut ever for a live action film on a Thanksgiving holiday um release. Wow, congrats. 56 million. Wow. And not only did it do well in the box office, it's a really good movie. I really enjoy Cree. Like, I have the DVD. I watch it often. Okay. Because, you know. But because it's also <laughs> a good story. And I thought, the good thing I liked about it was because there didn't seem like a breakup. Like, you know how you watch some movies and they have several um, sequences or sequences or sequels. Mm-hmm. And then they all have different directors. You can tell the oh, different yeah, styles, right? That. And that's yeah. kind of... Disjointing. It doesn't make sense, yeah. But I felt like Steven did a great job of continuing on with what Ryan did in the beginning with Creed, but then also adding his own style. Like, I loved all the slow motion punches, and there were a lot of great shots in the oh. film. And I also liked the fact that we had more character development of the supporting people mm-hmm. in Adonis's life. Like, his mother, like Mary Ann, um... And uh, Bianca, mm-hmm. whereas the first Creed was more about Adonis and Rocky, right? Mm-hmm. This is more about everybody being in the fold. Absolutely loved it. Michael B. Jordan was so fine, did very great doing playing Adonis. Tessa Thompson as Bianca. Of course, Felicia Rashad, mm-hmm. goddess. Yeah. Um. So I, I felt like, I, like I said, it felt congruent as what we saw in Creed. Um... I love all the story arcs that the new these characters had. Um, and just a little background on Steven. Uh, he directed a couple of episodes of Grownish. Mm-hmm. And Ken- Kenya Barish also approved him. And he said that Steven is a genius. He's one of those once-in-a-lifetime talents that you have. Um, and you know that he's going to go far. So I'm excited for a crop of young black directors making... Money. Yeah. Yeah. In the box office. Yeah. That's huge. That is, it's big. So, and that's, and guys, again, those are the kind of roles that we need to see more of our people and directors, producers, writers, things like that of actual, you know, ownership of the film and things like that. So, yeah. I mean, and it's just so great because, again, like I said, this is something that was created by Rafi Balboa. He supports this. He wanted to meet up with this guy, Steven. And, you know, he was like, I like his vision. We're, we're doing it. And just to have somebody to bring you on. That's what you're supposed to do. When you yep. get on, bring on your people. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. that's what they do. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's how the indus- that's just how the industry works. Whenever someone has a project going on, they'll call up the people that they know. And boom. Um... You know, that's, that person has that job or et cetera. So that's pretty much, you know, it's, it's who you know in the industry, just like any other organization that you're working in. You just have to have that fold and be inside the inner circle. Yeah. So um, I, I suggest you all watch Creed 2 again. Not only is it um, a great movie, but this, like I said, the storyline is great. Mm-hmm. Even if you're not into boxing and into sports movie, I think it's one that you should see. Nice. Yeah, because, um, let's see. I kind of watched the first Creed. Um, I didn't... I'll let you borrow it, girl. <laughs> I know, it's on now. I have, I have it. We have it. I just haven't watched it. Um, but I heard Creed 2 was really good. Um, a lot of people on my social media networks were saying how great it was. My sister went to go see it. She loved it. I was okay. I don't think, I'll probably wait for it to come out. Um, yeah. And, um, side note, because I'm always going to shoot my shot. Michael. <laughs> If you if you listening, boo, holla at your girl. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I'm always trying to 
shoot it. You know? Did you? You know what? I'm wrong. I'm okay. Wrong. okay. So back on to spoiler <laughs> alert. Okay. So the last spoiler alert that yes. I did not see, but um, Antoinette saw was yes. Widows. And just yes. a little background on Widows. Mm-hmm. Widows um, was a movie about four women mm-hmm. when their husbands die in a police shootout. The Widows take their fate into their own hands and conspire to forge a future on their own terms just directed by steve mcqueen um who mm-hmm. gave us 12 years of slave yes black man okay. yes mm-hmm. um it stars viola davis michelle rodriguez cynthia ervo and um brian tyree henry mm-hmm. and daniel kalua mm-hmm. Gotta get the paper boy. <laughs> so, um, this movie did 12.3 opening weekend. Mm-hmm. It's being praised for um, its diverse casting. Yes, they did a great job with that. I have um, to say yes. And I didn't see the film, so tell me what you thought about okay, it. Okay, so I'm, I'm not going to give away like the, pre, the, the plot points of the film. Yeah, because okay. I heard there was a twist. And yeah. I like stopped myself from reading. Yes, yeah, stop. Don't. Okay, okay. I'm yeah. not going to give it so away don't either. Give me the twist. Don't so I'm not going to give you a twist. I'm not going to give you any of that. I will say the cast, the diverse cast. I have to give it up. Yes, this was a great cast. It was diverse. I love the um the fact that the, it made sense that the women, the reason why they came together. Um, we all know their husbands passed away, so that's kind of what brings them together. Um, the fact that they really didn't know each other and, um, the diverse backgrounds that they come from, their individual stories, they, um, give that background a bit within as they, they're going through the story itself, which is great. Um, so overall, I think that... What pissed... Okay, I love... The movie was good, okay? I liked the movie. It was really great. Um, What I will say is this. It made me upset because... Where do I start? Okay, I felt that the women were not as badass as they should have been. I felt that Hmm. if this is a heist movie, and this is a movie where women are taking the reins, and for the situations for the women to have been in to come to a head where it does, they were not hard enough for me. Mm. And I felt like they kept the women soft for a reason. I didn't like that. I felt that Set It Off was harder than this movie. Those women in Set It Off did a hell of a better job as far as they're taking the reins on things, shooting things up, blowing stuff up, going for it, which is what these women should have done. They didn't... It, I, I felt like it didn't happen. So... You think that was a choice by the director and the um, writers yeah. to play them soft? I, but the, see, just... the, but the, the trailers don't make them appear to be soft, though. It, they don't. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. But they are. Okay. I mean, in my opinion, I felt that they didn't go hard enough. Like, I just... When, the men were harder, and they did way more suspenseful things than the women. And well, that pissed me off. Well, could it be because, just to play the white devil's advocate, mm-hmm. um, could it be because these women, okay, A, they didn't know each other, so they didn't have time to develop a bond like the girls and set it off, mm-hmm. or even the guys right. in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Maybe that was something that the writers were thinking about. And two, they weren't criminals. Everybody else were criminals. Well, the girls instead of weren't criminals. I don't know. I mean, it just, just I felt like, okay, so the reason why I'm saying this is because, like, if you're going to be put in a situation where it's kind of like do or die, like, why would you approach it in in a soft manner? Like, you're going to go all the way because... In my opinion, if these women got together, they're like, okay, this is what we're going to do. Then I expect you to be the most hardest, you know, roughest. I don't care what's about to happen, what's going to go down, how this is going to, you know, play out. We're all going to go at it. Like, it's just, it is what it is. But they didn't do that. And there's a scene that happens in there where they kind of froze. They fucking froze. Well, okay, so that's what I was going to say. If you don't do that in in your normal life and then... To go from A to Z and switch like that, 
How realistic is it? But, Are you gonna go and do that? But it's kind of like, but if you're you're dating a criminal, you know you're married to a criminal, or you're in a relationship with a criminal, you have to have some type of smarts with you. You have to have some type of backbone because you're not gonna be with this hard dude and be soft as hell too. Like I just don't. It that just didn't make sense to me. It just really didn't. And I just felt like they could have went. They could have had these women be a little bit tougher. And I feel that they didn't want them to come off hard for a reason. I don't know why. But I will say this, I do think they left the film open for there to be another uh, sequel. Okay. So I do think that's going to happen. They'll have a sequel of Widows. Which, you know, I, personally, unless they make these bitches hard, I mean, these women harder. <laughs> like, I, yo, she pissed. <laughs> I'm mad. Like, I really am mad because these girls could have went really hard at this. But they... So maybe in the sequel, they're going to be like, our first time... We didn't go hard enough the second time. I want you guys to go like, asses. yeah, that's what I want. I want you to smack somebody <laughs> with a pistol in their face. Like, I really want blood to come out. I want you to be hard. Okay? <laughs> okay. Ew. That's another thug. <laughs> that's funny. Like, okay. how I should pop up in the scene. Like, this is how you should do it. <laughs> this is how it should be done. <laughs> Oh, wow. Okay. So, aside from that, what did we think about um, the cinematography? What did oh, we think about yeah. direction? What, how did Steven, Steve do? Steven did a great job. Um, I loved, he had these wonderful pans and these wonderful, um, uh, just the scenery itself. It was, it was really great. It was shot perfect. It was, it was extremely uh, suspenseful um, okay. for the men's scene. Again, okay. for the men, it was very suspenseful. You know, you didn't know what was coming. You know, you, you were in anticipation for a lot of the stuff that happened. Um, with the storyline itself, some of the characters, they didn't really dive into... Um, they just left their, their, their I guess, their storyline open-ended. Like, you just... It just fell off. They never, mm. you know, came back to that particular um character storyline or followed up with what happened mm-hmm. but yeah um overall it was it was a good film but i just felt like again the women could have been tougher in the in the movie mm-hmm. that made me upset okay yeah well all right so we talked about creed 2 we talked mm-hmm. about green book and yes. widows mm-hmm. uh that's it for spoiler alert that is it for spoiler alert all right. yeah well. all right guys um that will be it for the show thank you for listening um, as always, you can follow us on Instagram and on Facebook at Black and Behind the Scenes. And if you want to catch up with me and Brittany and get to know us a little more, follow us on Instagram at Antoinette Tope. Um, Tope like the color and at Brittany Khan. Awesome. And we'll see you guys next time. Thanks for listening. All right. Bye, guys. Bye.